0: Tonight, I'm preaching a message titled, What Christians Should Love. We're going to be thinking about things that a Christian should love. And I feel like this will not be new information for any one of us tonight. Uh, I feel like we've probably heard all of these things that I'm going to mention. Uh, but God determined that this needed preach tonight, and there's got to be a reason for that. And it's probably, if I had to guess, it's probably because... None of us have mastered these six things that I'm going to go over tonight yet. None of us have completely mastered uh, these six things that Christians should love. Uh, Sometimes uh, God has us preach and teach about sins uh, and things that we shouldn't do. Uh, Sometimes God has us preach and teach about things that Christians should stay away from. Uh, Those messages are always tough. They're tough for me to preach, trust me. Uh, and they're all, also trust uh, tough to sit through. Uh, we are all human and we mess up, so there's always going to be a need to preach against sin. Uh, Jesus preached against sin and the consequences for sin uh, many times. Uh, when Jesus met with sinners on a couple different occasions, after uh, he dealt with them, he told them to go and sin no more. So Jesus was not... Uh, Afraid to talk about sin and preach about sin. Uh, I uh, went through in just uh, one of the Gospels and picked out all the sins that Jesus preached on. And so I'm going to read you this list. It's a little bit long, uh, but I'll just read this to you. So Jesus preached on the sin of pride, hypocrisy, adultery, impurity, lust, fornication, anger, uh, lying, retaliation, hate, self-glory, or fame blasphemy, lack of faith, uh, seeking signs, holding grudges, not forgiving others, hurting children, keeping children from Jesus, using the house of God for gain or profit, uh, laziness, false doctrines, uh, leading souls astray, being a stumbling block, uh, murder, idolatry, idolatry, sorry, and probably so many more that I, I, I missed. And that's just uh, quickly reading through one of the Gospels to just list those. Uh, Jesus hates sin, and he preached against it many times. So there's nothing wrong with preaching about sin. Uh, God told us to preach against sin. Uh, sometimes God tells us to preach against sin. Uh, even today, he told Jesus to preach against sin back then. He tells us to preach against sin now. Uh, I could list for you uh, six Things that a Christian should hate or six things, uh, six sins a Christian should stay away from. Uh, but God has this message for us tonight. Six things that a Christian should love. Uh, uh, it, it's not an exclusive list. These six things are not the only things a Christian should love. But if you get these six things right, if we're able to master these six things, then all of the other things will naturally just fall into place. Uh, so first, the first thing that a Christian should love is the house of God. Uh, the house of God. Uh, David loved the house of God. When I, when I first thought of this point, the first person I thought of was David. Uh, Psalms 27.4 says, One thing have I desired of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Uh, David, just before this, just got done talking about a lot of horrible things that had happened to him throughout his life. And all of those dangerous things actually did happen to him. And instead of him saying that he desired a better life or desired an easier life or desired to not have to have dealt with all of those things, uh, he says that he desired uh, the house of the Lord. He didn't desire gold or riches and all those things. Uh, what does David say he desires? He desires to be in the house of God. Uh, David loved the house of God so much that he desired to be in the house of God every day. Uh, we can't even get people to come to God's house more than once a week nowadays. Uh, we have David here in Psalms saying that he wished he could be there every day. Uh, I understand David. Uh, I feel like I connect with David on that level because I love being in the house of God. Uh, I love going to church here. Uh, I I love being here. I want to be here every day, just like David said that he wanted to be here every day. I want to be here every day. Uh, We need to love the house of God like David does. We need to desire to be in the house of God all the time. Uh, uh, Psalms 23 is a very famous psalms. Uh, the last part of the sixth verse there, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Again, David is writing about how much he loves the house of God and how he just wants to be there. He desires to dwell in the house of God. Uh, we can look at how other men of God love the house of God as well. Jesus loved the house of God. Uh, in Luke four sixteen. Uh, It says, And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. Well, this verse alone tells us that Jesus went to the house of God every Sabbath. Uh, It says uh, that he went on the Sabbath day. It says, As his custom was, that was normal for him to go to church. Uh, Jesus loved the house of God so much he made it a priority to be there when he could be there. Uh, Jesus loved the house of God so much that he even corrected people that misused it. Uh, Luke nineteen forty five, and when he went into the temple and began to cast out them that sold therein, and them that bought, saying unto them, It is written, My house is the house of prayer, but ye have made it a den of thieves. And he taught daily in the temple. Now, Jesus not only corrected people that were misusing the house of God, uh, but this verse also tells us that in those days, at that time, Jesus was daily in the house of God teaching. Uh, Jesus shows us that if we love the house of God, we would be there as much as we could be. Paul also loved to be in the house of God. Uh, Acts seventeen two, and Paul, as his manner was, went in unto them and three Sabbaths days reasoned with them out of the Scriptures. Uh, Notice the phrase, as his manner was. Paul made it a priority to be in the house of God. It was so natural or normal for him to be seen in the house of God. Paul loved the house of God so much that he routinely went to the house of God. If we love the house of God, we would be found in the house of God often. Uh, Now, I have uh, a cousin Uh, I actually I don't know what he is he's my cousin's kid so whatever that is you know second cousin or something like that (laughs) and I'm not good at the whole family thing so (laughs) no but he loves Michigan Wolverines now don't hold that against them you know it's okay Uh, but he loves the Michigan Wolverines and he goes to every game that he possibly can he lives up there and he goes to every game he possibly can. He's gone to more games than I could even figure out to count. He probably can't even count all the games that he's gone to. Every, his dad loves the Michigan Wolverines. His dad was bringing him to the games when he was a baby, you know. So he's been to a lot of games. He would go to away games. He would fly and go away, you know, wherever and and watch games uh at the game that weren't even at home uh he's been to the game so often that we see pictures of him at games and we don't think anything of it cuz he's always there uh he's actually even been on national television as they're showing the crowd because he's there so often the chances were just high enough that it happened uh so he loves uh going to these games uh, why does he go to the games because he loves being there uh People might consider him to be a fanatic, uh, and, and I'm not really telling you this whole story about my cousin because I'm saying he does anything wrong. There's nothing wrong with going to the games or anything like that. The reason I'm telling you is because we need to be fanatic about the house of God. Uh, we need to be like him and be there as much as we can, no matter what. Get everything else out of the way so we can be in the house of God. Uh, we should be here so much that it doesn't surprise anybody that we're here. Uh, We, If we truly love the house of God, we would be in the house of God as much as possible. The more we love the house of God, the more we're going to want to be in the house of God. So first, Christians should love the house of God. Number two, Christians should love the children of God. Christians should love the children of God. Uh, Romans 12.10, be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love and honor preferring one another. Uh, Paul is telling us that we need to love each other, and he even gives examples of how to love each other. Uh, According to Paul's writing in Roman, we are to love our brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, We are to love them in the ways of being kind to them. Now, this is simple, right? Uh usually. Uh, I don't think that we need to explain how to be kind to people. Uh, I I get it. It might not always be easy to be kind to people, uh, but we all know how to be kind. Uh, We also see in the process of loving each other, Paul says that we would honor each other. Uh, In this context, what Paul is saying is that we would naturally value each other if we love them. Uh, We value the things that we love. And we should love each other, so this means we should value each other as well. And the last thing in this verse in Romans 12.10 uh, is that we would prefer one another. And this simply means that we put, would put others first uh, before ourselves, put their well-being and their happiness uh, before our own, which I, I can be hard sometimes, but we should do that if we love them. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 4, 9, But as touching brotherly love, ye need not that I write unto you. For ye yourselves are taught of God to love one another. Paul is telling the Christians here in the church of uh, Thessalonia that he doesn't have to write to them about loving each other because it's known that God wants them and requires them to love each other. Uh, God desires for us to love each other. God desires for his children to all love each other. Uh, this doesn't mean that we only love when it's easy to love. And we know some people are easier to love than others, right? Uh, if uh, we want, were to be honest, we like and love some people more than others. You know, like your favorite kid that you have, right? Uh, I won't tell you which one's mine, uh, but uh, just kidding. I, I love them equally, completely equal. Uh, This is uh, mostly because we're all different and we connect with each other differently. And that's why it sometimes seems easier to love some people than others. But that doesn't mean that because we don't connect well to someone, then we're off the hook and we don't have to invest any of ourselves into loving them. Uh, We need to love the ones that aren't easy to love. Uh, We need to love uh, the Christian's that maybe we don't agree with on some things. We need to love the Christians that maybe go to a different church than us. Uh, There are other Christians in other churches out there, and we need to love them as well. Uh, We need to love the Christians that maybe have even strayed away from God uh, and aren't as close to God as they should be. I'm not saying we need to be okay that they walked away from God, but we need to still love them. Uh, We need to love the backslidden Christians. We need to love the down-and-out Christians. Uh, we need to love the struggling Christians. Uh, we need to love the wandering Christians. And, and maybe if we were to show them more love, then maybe they would be more willing to come back to God and get close to God again. Amen. We also need to love each other when we don't feel like it. Maybe it's not so much them. Maybe it's some something's going on with us and we don't feel like loving them. Uh, there's going to be tough times in our lives uh, there's going to be hard times down times when we're down, uh, times when it's just easier to be sad or grumpy or mad or angry or upset or whatever it is, and it's just hard to be happy. It's hard to be loving to others. Uh, maybe uh, the, one of the reasons is that we haven't been loved on very much, so it's hard for us to go out and show love to others, but we need to still show love to others anyways. Uh, we need to rely on God's power, God's strength, and God's love to be able to love others. Uh, even when we don't feel like loving others, we need to love others. And, and really, that's what true love really is anyways. Uh, I think this is where us Christians kind of mess up the most here. Uh, we're human, so it's not natural to put others first. It's natural for our flesh to become bitter or angry or jealous and selfish. Our flesh is very selfish. Uh, we need to overcome this flesh and, and, and do better in the area of loving others because we, when we don't, we push others away from God. Uh, our lack of loving, loving others is pushing souls away from their Heavenly Father. Uh, you could say, well, they need to stay close to God anyways, whether or not I love them. And, and maybe that's true. Uh, you could say that maybe they weren't close to God anyways because they chose to walk away. Uh, but those are all uh, not exactly the best attitude to have. Uh, th- that way of thinking puts yourself above everybody else, and, and it's acting like your actions carry no consequences, uh, puts no responsibility on yourself. Uh, the truth is Christians are one of the biggest cause of believers leaving the church and walking away from God. Uh, I I know a family that the entire family was serving God. They were all uh, doing multiple different things within the church and and outreach ministries. Uh, They were doing a lot for God. And then something happened and some people didn't like it and, and there was a whole situation out of it. And if that whole situation was handled with love, things would have been okay. But it wasn't. It wasn't handled with love. And and so this family now doesn't go to church. This family doesn't do anything for God on Sundays. They are not serving God anymore. If the whole situation would have been handled with love from the beginning, from both sides... Uh, then that family would still be fellowshipping with the church. That family would still be serving God and worshiping God. Uh, If love was shown, then that family would still be close to God and still be putting God first in their lives. Uh, The sad truth is that us Christians have pushed so many others uh, away from God because we didn't love each other the way the Bible tells us to. We need to go the extra mile. We need to be uh, very careful to not say or do anything that will cause a brother to stumble. Uh, if we love others like we should, then there should really be no problem in that area. Because it just comes down to love. Uh, so first, Christians should love the house of God. Christians should love the children of God. Number three, Christians should love the word of God. Go ahead and turn to Psalms chapter 119, verse 127. Psalms 119, verse 127. This is the longest chapter in the Bible. I'm sure we're all aware of that. This chapter is completely dedicated to the word of God. Uh, And then we have this verse, Psalms 119, verse 127. It says, therefore, I love thy commandments above gold, yea, above fine gold. Uh, We need to fall in love with the word of God. Uh, We need to love the Word of God so much that it becomes valuable to us. It should become the most valuable thing that we can hold and we can possess. Uh, This verse here has the idea of treasuring the words of God. It compares the words of God to gold, and it says to treasure the words of God above gold. Now, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but... Uh, one of my biggest dreams in my life, uh, ever since I was a little kid, and it's still big desire of mine now, is is to go out back and you know in my yard and start digging and, and hit a big chunk of gold. That is a goal, a, a dream that I've had since I was a little kid. I just want to find this big chunk of gold, and, and you know it'll probably never happen, and that's okay. But that's just a dream of mine. But we need to dream about and desire the Word of God and desire it more than that big chunk of gold. Uh, there's a movie out there, and it's got too many things in it that I don't like that I'm not going to recommend the movie to you. Uh, but basically, the movie is kind of one of those sort of end-of-times kind of movie, and something happens, and most of the world dies, and there's a few people left, and they're all fighting and, and, and trying to get all the stuff to themselves. And there's this one guy, and he has a Bible, and his goal is to get this Bible all the way across. It's, it's in the United States, actually, uh, all the way across the United States so that they could start making more of the Bible, because it's the last one left. Somebody went and stole all the Bibles and burnt them. Uh, so this guy risks his life you know, during this whole movie to try to save this Bible. And at some point in the movie, they get it away from him, and he finally gets to his destination, and he doesn't have the Bible anymore. Uh, but he treasured that Bible so much that he memorized the entire thing. I, I know this is a movie and all, uh, but he treasured it so much that he memorized it and, and so that it would last. Uh, we, that's how much we need to value the Word of God. That's how valuable it really is. Uh, that's how much we need to value this book. That's how much we should love this book. Go to uh, verse 97 of chapter 119 in Psalms. Verse 97. It says, Oh, how, oh, how I love, Oh sorry. Oh, how love I thy law. It is my meditation all the day. Uh, we should love the Word of God so much that we think about it and, and contemplate about it all day long. Now, when I was a teen, uh, I loved basketball. And, and I thought about basketball all day long. I played it for probably at least four hours a day most days. Uh, if I had something to do that day and I couldn't get to basketball, you know, I I didn't like it. I tried to make sure I could get to basketball every single day. I even dreamed about basketball. I'd lay down in bed at night thinking about basketball and how I played that day, uh, how I was going to play tomorrow, and I would pretend that I was going to beat you know LeBron James on one on one and all these things. I just dreamed about it all the time because that's how much I loved basketball. Uh, this is how much we should love the Word of God. We should be thinking about it all day. It should be something that's always in our mind. Uh, We should be desiring to read it for hours. Uh, We should be laying in bed at night thinking about the words of God, uh, because God's word is so precious. Uh, God went through so much work to have this book available to us now. Uh, God used about 40 different men to write the books that are in, in this Bible. Uh, The Bible was written over a span of 1,600 years. And this process all started about 3,500 years ago. Uh, God has created a very miraculous way for his word to be preserved for us this whole time. Isaiah 48, the grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. God's word is so precious. We should value it so much. We should love it so much. Uh, Christians should love the house of God, uh, the children of God, the word of God. And number four, that Christians should love the will of God. We need to love the will of God more than our own will. Uh, whether we want to admit it or not, if we were to be honest, this is hard for every single one of us. Uh, because the desires of our flesh are very strong. And, and we have to tell this flesh no. And we have to tell God, yes, if we love the will of God. Uh, We could sit here tonight and talk about Abraham and how he loved the will of God so much that he was willing to do anything for God, including giving up his own son. Uh, Abraham loved God's will more than his own will to see his son grow up, more than his own will to see his son become a man, more than his own will to see his son have kids and, and his own grandbabies and everything. Uh, Abraham loved God's will. Uh, So Abraham, uh, in his mind and in his heart, this was the only thing he could do, obey God's will. That was his option. Uh, Abraham loved God's will. Uh, We talk about Jesus and how he loved God's will so much that he was willing to obey God's will over his own. Uh, Jesus loved God's will so much that he chose to get off the throne in heaven, come down to earth, uh, to be beaten and hung on a cross, and willingly gave up his own life for us to obey God's will. Jesus even prayed and told God that his flesh didn't want to do it. Uh, his flesh was tired. His flesh was was in agony over what he knew he had to do. But praise God that Jesus said, not my will, but thine. Jesus loved the will of God. Uh, we could also talk about the disciples and Paul and how they left a life uh, that they knew to go and serve God as obeying God's will. And, and some of them had some comfortable lives. Not all of them, but some of them had some pretty comfortable lives. Uh, they all loved the will of God more than they loved their own will. We could talk about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and how they loved the will of God. Uh, there are so many examples in the Bible of people who loved the will of God so much that they couldn't even imagine doing anything but the will of God. Uh, there are still people today that love the will of God. Uh, we're talking about a lot of Old Testament people here, a few in the New Testament. But there's still people today that love the will of God this much. Uh, look at all the missionaries that we support. They love the will of God more than uh, their own will. Now, think of the, the youngs from our own church. God told them to go to a foreign country. God told them to go tell people about Jesus and teach them about the Bible. And, and they had a good life here. Uh, They had a very beautiful house here. Uh, They had good jobs here. They have family here. Uh, They uh, loved the will of God more than any of that. Uh, So they obeyed God's will because they loved God's will. That is how we show God that we love his will. We obey it. Uh, We do his will and we show him that we love his will. And, And can I add, do it without complaining. I like to always remind my children when they complain, because children always complain. uh, But I like to remind them about the children of Israel and what they got for complaining. Uh, And as bad as it was for them to be stuck in the wilderness for 40 years, I think the worst part is the sadness uh, that it caused our Heavenly Father. We make God sad every time we complain about His will. We need to love the will of God. We need to obey the will of God. Christians should love the house of God, the children of God, the word of God, the will of God. And number five, Christians should love the souls of men. Turn to Mark chapter 2, verse 15. Christians should love the souls of men. Uh, Mark chapter 2, starting in verse 15. And it came to pass that as Jesus sat at me in his house, many publicans and sinners sat also together with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many, and they followed him. And when the scribes and the Pharisees saw him eat with publicans and sinners, they said unto his disciples, How is it that he eateth and drinketh with publicans and sinners? When Jesus heard it, he said unto them, They that are whole have no need of the physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Jesus loved the souls of men. Uh, Jesus went right to the ones that needed him. Jesus didn't care how bad their past was. Uh, Jesus didn't care how how long it had been since they took a bath. Uh, Jesus didn't care if they were of low education. He didn't care what job they had. Jesus loved them. Uh, Jesus loved them enough to go and sit with them. It wasn't too many Sunday nights ago, a month or so ago, uh, that a man came in here that we didn't know. And, uh, he actually came in with a couple of our people. And, and it was in the middle of the service, kinda right, right in the middle of preaching. And, uh, we just stopped him. We all accepted him. And I couldn't have been more proud of the people here than, than to make that man feel welcome and sitting with him, uh, during that service when he didn't know anybody here. Uh, but we just made him feel welcome. Uh, that is loving the souls of men. Uh, There is a lady uh, that was, and this is a true story, there was a lady that was into witchcraft and some other very wicked things. Uh, She eventually found Jesus and accepted him into her life as her savior. Uh, She was so much in the world before finding salvation that she looked very much like the world. What you would imagine the world to be, that's how she looked. Uh, Everything she owned was the color black and she was covered in tattoos and all kinds of other things. After accepting Jesus, she started telling everyone, and then she even decided to get baptized to publicly show her faith in Jesus. And that took a lot of courage, and you know, I'm glad that she did that. Uh, After doing that, what do you think happened, though? Well, her family and her friends that knew her best, they all supported her. They loved her. They were happy for her. She was happy. They were happy. Uh, But you know what? She said that Christians were the most hateful towards her. Uh, She was so far into the world before that you would think that when she left that, those people would have been hateful to her. Uh, But she said that Christians were more hateful towards her than all of that. Uh, They said that she didn't look Christian. Uh, they, They accused her of faking it or mocking them and all kinds of other things. Instead of celebrating with her as what they should have done and whoever was around her should have done, Christians were discouraging her. Uh, Sometimes I think that us Christians miss it. Uh, Sometimes we can be so worried about the person doing everything perfect right away and and looking the part right away that, that sometimes we just forget all about their soul. Christians should be so in love with the souls of men that we don't see the clothes that someone wears. We don't see the the tattoos. Uh, We don't see whatever else is going on. We see that if they need Jesus and if they've already accepted Jesus, we should see the Jesus in them. Uh, We should see the Holy Spirit working in them. We should see that they're covered by the blood, just like we are. Uh, We should also love the souls of men so much uh, that we're constantly in the fight to win them. Uh, we know that Satan is constantly battling to keep those lost souls. We need to get into that battle, too. We need to stay in that battle. We can't take a break. Uh, we should love the souls of men so much that we don't skip outreach days. Uh, we should love the souls of men so much that when we leave the house, we take a gospel track with us. We should love the souls of men so much that we go and sit with sinners just like Jesus did. We may be the only chance that that soul has to find Jesus. So we covered Christians should love the house of God, the children of God, number three, the word of God, number four, the will of God, number five, the souls of men, and the last thing for tonight, Christians should love the son of God. Christians should love the Son of God. Turn to John chapter 15, verse 13. Christians should love the Son of God. Jesus did it all for us because he loves us. John fifteen thirteen says, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. No one ever has ever loved us as much as Jesus. No one's ever cared for us as much as Jesus. No one's ever done so much for us as Jesus. There are millions of reasons that we should love Jesus. And we could sit here for hours, and I think it'd be cool if we did it. It'd probably take days to list all the amazing reasons that we should love Jesus. And that that would be great, but I'll just simply say in, in John fifteen nine. If you look at John fifteen nine, it says, "As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you." We should love Jesus because Jesus loves me and Jesus loves you. Uh, we should love Jesus so much that we can't stop trying to get close to Him. Now, I love my wife very much. I love her so much that I want to be close to her when we sit on the couch, I practically sit on top of her and it drives her nuts and she pushes me away. And it's okay because I just get up and move closer again. And it's a lot of fun. I love her. I want to be close to her. She worked all day today and I hated it. I did not like it one bit. She was gone all day. And uh, I just want to be close to her. We should do everything in our power to be as close to Jesus as we can. Uh, We should be meeting with Jesus in his house. We should be praying with Jesus all the time. We should be spending time in the Bible reading about him. Uh, We should be willing to and trying to serve Jesus every way we can because all of that will make us closer to him. What better way to show Jesus that you love him than to spend time and, and, and energy and your talents serving him and trying to get close to him? Amen. Now, in closing tonight, John fifteen nine it ends with the phrase, continue ye in my love. Uh, Jesus tells us to continue in love. We should keep loving all of these things that we've gone over tonight, especially loving Jesus. Amen. Uh, some of these things we might struggle with on some hard days. Uh, but Jesus says in John fifteen nine, continue ye in my love. It is through the love of Jesus that we are even able to love him back or to love these other five uh, things that we listed tonight as well. If we stay close to Jesus and continue in his love, uh, we will find it easier to love the house of God. If we're close to Jesus, we'll find it easier to love the children of God, to love the word of God, the will of God, to love the souls of men, and to love the Son of God, Jesus himself. Let's close in prayer.